0: Okay, so uh, it's just me. No, I'm just kidding. Eric is here. Unfortunately, this um, Sunday, uh, we are off to a rough start. We were... Man,
1: we're going back to Thursday. Screw this <laughs> shit.
0: Sorry. Sunday, Sundays is we're off going back to a to, rough start for us already.
1: We're going back. Display name.
0: They, so... Oh, I forget. I've messed that up. To give everybody a little... Would you mess up? Uh That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> we just got to get the muting going so we don't have all it's, the...
1: It's muted. This is horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't mind all the technical difficulties this week. We will make this. It'll work somehow, some way. So uh, somehow our other computer fell off. You got to turn your sound all the way off on that. It... It's all the way down. See it? All the way down? It's there you all go. All the way down, bud. There we go. We don't have any more <clears throat> echo so we're good. Uh let me add you in while you're doing that. So we can see your beautiful face as you're as the sh- irritation is ringing out in both of our Dude, faces. that was chilled, man. <laughs> you were chill, I wasn't, and then this just This is gonna be horrible. This is it's gonna be great <laughs> with great our guests. Guest. Just right now it's well, that's even worse. We're 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 struggling through, so all right, guys. Welcome to the contagion effect. We are going to find our way through today. Once We, we haven't had yet. one of these in a while. No, no. We
1: haven't had the, the, this the misfortune. This is beyond, of,
0: beyond brutal of whatever's happened uh, during during the setup of this show.
1: Remember, when we went, there, something had to drop. Something happened. We've had technical difficulties the last couple of weeks since we went to
0: Sunday. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to, like, restart that <clears throat> computer. Let's, let's or, just
1: go back to Thursdays.
0: <laughs> let's well, just forget We got to get the couple people. I mean, we just got September 9th, though. Or 8th. Sorry, yeah, I'm saying 9th. We got football dinner. We got, we got, we got team dinner for September 8th. Team dinner. Man, I can't really do that. All right, so let's... I'm still hearing an echo. I know. Somehow. I don't... Somewhere. Hello? Yep. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh boy. All right, Eric. How was your week?
1: Confusing to say the least. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So we switched. We sh- switched bid times and all that stuff
0: again. So now we're switching back. Okay.
1: So we went to ten o'clock starts, and now we're going back to four a.m.s.
0: So we told you all we were moving so to we're moving, moving to Sundays, back. and now we're gonna move we're moving back. To back. And <laughs> My mic is muted, bro. Well, there's sound coming from something. Something's got sound playing out of it. We'll figure it out. It's 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 all right. Can you go sideways though? <clears throat> yeah, that way, as everybody sees the technical us dealing with all the technical uh, pieces of the show. Yes. All right. So we're gonna be going back to Sundays. We'll or uh, sorry Thursdays. We'll talk about that later, right?
1: Hey, um, so we talked about Cammy went and got her eyelash certification. Oh yeah, and you got yours done or something? (laughs) I don't know if you can tell, but if you're a friend of mine on my, I don't know, Facebook or Instagram.
0: I think you have to do the side view of how, how cute your eyelashes are. <laughs> one's permed
1: and one's not permed. You have one that's why set. we're that's why we're dad life in it.
0: Hey, well, we always remember I remember when Cody first came up to me after he met you and he said, Dad, <clears throat> I talked to that Eric Mello guy. He's cool, but his toenails are all painted and stuff. He's yeah, a little strange. Still there. Yep. You've always done still got that, it. So and and again, that's that's two daughters for you, right?
1: Uh, you know you're going to do that. You're going to do that things. So I talked to a couple of guys that have daughters. I'm like, dude, just enjoy
0: it. Yeah.
1: Because now they don't want to have dinner with you
0: <laughs> or be around. Or um, be anyways, right, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, are you ready? <clears throat> let's just do. It yeah. I don't let's think let's it jump matters. into it. Let's jump let's into our intro it. and then and then dive into it because otherwise we're yeah. we're just trying to get around the inevitable. Oh, look at that! What? I can hear. You can hear. Oh, you didn't have them on all the way? I
1: wouldn't go double.
0: All right, here we go. Yeah, the times and places, they may change, but one thing stays the same. There we go, there we go. Scotty. There's some uh, there's some positivity right there. Scotty, our that, boy, Scotty. That played well. <laughs> you know, it's funny because
1: I went on like all of our, hey, you stole this song from someone. You don't have the rights to do it on our Facebook. Uh huh. there was like 37 of them. Oh, well, was there? No, because we only have 34 shows, but there was like 27 well, of them. It's ever since we. And I'm yeah. like, go. <laughs> so I started going through and like accept like denying the changes, saying that we have.
0: Yeah, we have the copyright. I I gave up on the because YouTube, yeah, we I'm have like, that on every it. single, on literally every forget single. Well, <clears> One <throat> in talking to this guy he's like, "Dude, I own it. It's my. I don't even know how to fix yeah. that." So, so uh, we maybe maybe we do send the send the request and it'll go to him or something, and okay. he can say accept. I don't know. It's all good. Well, time to go. On. Are you going to sit there and hold that?
1: I'm gonna have to. It's all like yeah. up my nose, and <laughs> it's not a good angle. You want it sideways.
0: No, Whoa, this just, Timber. This is just this is a shit, shit. <laughs> today. Sorry for cussing. It's uh, right. <clears> okay. <throat> <throat>
1: so because let's jump in. yeah, let's just get into it. Um we we focus on veterans and we focus on mental health, and we're going to hit that hard today. Um I'm hoping we have some laughs along with some of the stories and and some of the trials and tribulations that this young lady's went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known her back in high school and, you know, as we get older, we, everyone kind of parts their ways and, excuse me, does their things. And, and we get to a point in life where you're like that aha moment, you know? Right. Um, and this young lady, she has had an aha moment and, um, I'm going to let her tell it, but from where she started to the low of lows, to the high of highs, um, it, it's, it's a journey we're going to go on and it's, it's, it's going to be emotional. So, you know, strap in. Um, but remember that this is what we have this show for. This is right. what it's designed for. Right. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce, uh, Olivia Lloyd to Woo. the contagion effect. What's up, Olivia? Good evening.
2: Hi.
0: Hey, we can hear you. What do you know? <laughs> our our technical difficulties started way before our computer went off.
1: Dude, we were having a good old time. We were just, hey, okay, well, here, boom.
0: Yeah. 13 minutes in, here comes Olivia, and
3: then
1: all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. It, well, it's well got
1: to be that Sacramento Valley internet up
0: there. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's our fault. <laughs> wow. Put, hey, girl. Just already blaming the guest. Huh? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> wow that's, Hi, that's the beginning of the roller coaster right greetings. there we're, we're seating right now yeah <laughs> how are you this evening
2: I'm doing good I'm really happy to be here and just happy to spend this time with you guys and talk about life so cool. thank thanks you, for having me
0: thank you for joining us
2: yeah for so sure. I'm
0: you know first I apologize okay. that you had to deal with Eric when he was a teenager
2: <laughs> well there was different
1: groups there was different groups i mean being the downies so busy. you know we had such a huge yeah. class right. right and so yeah. there were so many different fascists, yeah. fa- factions, fascist factions fascist. Fascist. <laughs> well that, that's a fact that that was a group too i'm sure yeah I'd probably hang out with the with mr <laughs> bachet's class but anyways um i digress but uh no you know and in, and in, in, again like i said everyone ran around with with such different groups and we all crossed over and and stuff like that. And um, it's funny because I go back and I'm like, man, it's high school, it's high school. It's, it's four years of your life, but you have all these friendships that you make. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it was like, it kind of was like a blur. Like it really was. I mean, you get in, you get out and, and uh, you meet your lifelong friends and you don't have to talk. Like, I mean, we don't talk. I don't talk to anybody from high school really. Right. You know, right. Um, But, I want to tell stories, you know, and I, and I knew, um, we had talked way back in December when we first mm-hmm. launched it. Um, and I actually think you threw your husband out there to, to join us first. Um, and you know, I, I knew a little bit of your story yeah, and I knew it was, I, for me, I knew I had to allow you that kind of the stepping stones to get you to talk about it. Right. Sure. So, um, you know we can start at the you know the when you got in and all that stuff um but well, you know, well if there's
0: we, we already know she went to Downey right yeah
1: no like, like I said we, we, we can jump right
0: into it if we want to get so you know. so first off what made you what made you join the service
2: well my grandparents raised me and my grandpa was in the army and he never talked about his time in service okay but I always knew that that was a part of his life that he valued um, and then I had my daughter right out of high school. I was one of those girls, um, and I gave her up for open adoption. And I felt after I gave her up that if I stayed in Modesto, um, that my life wasn't going to go anywhere. Right. And I remember getting off work one day I worked at Macy's and, um, just got off the bus right at the military stop. I don't even really remember what made me want to pull the cord. I hadn't been thinking about it, but. When I saw those offices, I just said, I need to get off right here. Were you and over, I decided,
0: over on Stanford mm-hmm. and,
2: and Yes.
0: <laughs> that, that you center? Some
2: well, yeah. I used yeah, that's, I mean, I worked at the mall, but I used okay. to live on El Vista, So it was quite okay. a waste for me to get over there. Right. But, um, so I stopped after work one shift and just went in there. I talked to all four branches in one day. <laughs> And i went into the marine corps and that guy really didn't talk to me i said hello and he said no thank you
0: wow
2: (laughs) um so that was kind of funny and then i went in and talked to the air force and um i didn't have any interest in flying Uh and so i I walked out of there i talked to the army and they really tried to scare me with the whole 70 pounds on your back both ways (laughs) um it was the navy that when i walked in they said how's it going short stuff Oh. and it just felt like it felt like home it felt like home and so i signed up without telling my family i didn't ask anybody's permission i mean it was 18 at the time um 19 by the time i swore in but
0: right i did
2: it of my own i didn't tell a soul i didn't tell my friends i didn't tell anybody i just took the tests and i did everything that day they drove me home that night because i was at the office so late huh. and I, I already signed the paper i did everything so I just, you signed I the contract without anybody without anybody.
0: <laughs> wow. wow. And then, so did you, uh, when you shipped off, you head off to
2: outside of Chicago? So I, yeah, I went to great lakes for boot camp, Right. And then when I completed that, I got sent to the, my first a school, which was radio men, a school in mm-hmm. San Diego with the NTC there. Um, and when I graduated there, I graduated top five of my class. So mm-hmm. I got to choose orders. So I chose the Naval air station in Sicily. Oh, everybody else I mean, wanted to stay stateside, and I was like, I couldn't get far enough away. Yeah, if so. I want to go
1: in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, well, Sicily—that's right? I mean, rough. Yeah, Sicily sound, <laughs> I mean, all the the war going on in Sicily—that sounds that's, really rough. Yeah, I mean, that's well, almost you know, worse than
1: the terrorism, pizza,
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and <So> wine.
2: <laughs> right. What a lot of people don't know about the Naval Air Station there is that we were actually the hub of the Mediterranean, and so mm. we were operational support during Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Oh, so okay. any of the squadrons that flew in and out to Bahrain mm-hmm. flew through us. Oh, okay. A lot of my friends were in the squadrons, the HC4 stallions, to name one specific squadron. They were from my base in Sicily, and they oh, wow. were going out there and, and did operations there. So we were not in the, you know, right on the lines of war, but we stayed at Delta my entire tour um, for my first enlistment. We never left the highest threat con that there is. So from the time I got to Sicily we were already at Fretcon Delta we lived with dogs going through our cars, mirrors checking bombs, oh. waiting at the gate for hours to get on base.
0: At hours yeah. to just get wow. on base? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> One and and you know Olivia we've learned especially uh especially with the mental health piece like yeah. you know where you you brought up the comment that you weren't you weren't in it. We've learned yeah, you <laughs> we're, we're the, not caught up on that. We, we, see we see are, everywhere because we've heard we've yep. heard people put down other veterans. Oh, well, you're not, you know. I just seen a TikTok where somebody said, if you're, you know, you're not a combat veteran, are you really a veteran? And I'm like, come on.
1: I have a story from a na- neighbor. Crazy.
0: I know you right down
1: yeah. the street. I just talked to him yesterday too about it. I'm like, okay, hey, so I uh, get ready to go. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Like I don't want to hear it. Like yeah, you, you sign that line.
0: Because you yeah. did you did stuff that supported those guys, and yeah. if they didn't have people like you, then how do they right. do their job right? So,
3: right.
1: Uh,
0: and and you know we we had a guy who was a Vietnam vet, and he was supposed to be shipped out. He lucked out, and then he ended up working in a hospital in San Diego. with children and yeah. seeing crazy things happen with children, and he got PTSD right. from yeah. that. So, yeah, we're we're not judgmental on no. on. So, you were what you did was very important to the cause, and you know, and, you, and, you and she has
1: the tie to our form, one of our former guests,
0: Justin Wood, right? You know, she, oh, yeah, I did, you yeah. Know. so did you see him out there, or I know you guys went to school together?
2: Well, we went to school together. I left in um, September of '95. I'm not oh, okay. sure when Justin left, but I know I that think- I was in Sicily in when the bombing happened, I was yeah. already in Sicily when that happened, and I actually got a phone call from my grandma letting me know that Justin was a part of that. So it's yeah. crazy because my original job was radio men. So I should have been in, in the, within the intelligence community. Uh-huh. But, um, uh-huh. how can I say this? Like all good Christian girls that grow up in a really strict home. <laughs> um, sometimes we do things we shouldn't do. And when I graduated from radio man, a school in San Diego, I, I partied a lot to celebrate that graduation. And, um, a may or may not have physically been able to walk back across the border. Celebrate from yourself Mexico
1: right out of that job, did you? Oh, <clears throat> celebrate right <throat> out of that
2: job, eh? Well, you know, to be a radio I and mean, you have to have a top-secret NATO clearance if you're going to serve overseas. And the the job is basically very cloak and dagger, very in a vault. It's, it's everything that you would imagine a top-secret clearance would need to do. So. Yeah. I was unable to fulfill my duties after that because you can't have a drunken disorderly conduct charge on your, oh. on your very new sailor record. <laughs> so Whoa. with, um, with
0: yeah. some clearances. Might be frowned upon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when I got over there, um, I kind of worked around the base trying to decide what I wanted to do because you become undesignated when you don't have your, your job any longer what you were trained for Mm -hmm. so i became undesignated and i ended up volunteering in the post office because i in my head i was like any monkey can pitch letters this will be so easy um what i didn't know was that it's part of it's probably the hardest job on the base um, from outside of the squadrons, the guys that are taken off all the time because it's not just the post office it's the huge fleet mail center that's supporting every ship that's dispersed in the hub of the Mediterranean. Oh, it's wow. supporting all of the other bases within the Mediterranean theater. So what that means is any mail that comes from the States that needs to go to Bahrain, Venezia, you know, any, any Aviano, any place, Germany, any place you can think of in Europe, it comes through us first. So oh, if wow. you can imagine 18 wheel semi trucks pulling up three times a day at a huge warehouse and being filled top to bottom, front to back with mail and having to physically hump that stuff out of the back of a truck yeah. for 12 hours. <laughs> now, you know what my job was and I got to go out to flight. So when the bombing happened with Justin, um, he came through our base. Um, his, what was
0: his remains how can I say? Yeah. His, yeah. Yeah.
2: came through us. And so um, he came through and then they were, they were dispersed from there, and so part of our job is to keep track of that. The oh. job that I did for postal it also includes oh wow things so like that. Is so. it?
0: Is, and it was all service member, like all yeah. Didn't matter. Wow. Yeah, didn't matter. So wow.
2: So I didn't know that he was. I didn't know that he was serving. I, I had no idea. I knew my friend Tanya had joined. I'm sure. remembers Tanya Lopez? Yeah. I knew Chris Ridgway had joined. Um, But I didn't know that Justin had joined. And so it was a a huge shock to find that out, um, you know, well after the fact. And my grandma had told me they're going to be having a big celebratory parade for him. And um, right around when that happened, I had had my first miscarriage. And so I fought for my life with that. And I just remember it just felt like everything happened at once. The base was already at Delta. So we were already at a very high threat con and then... Having that bombing happen, they restricted us to the base. Um, that's terrifying because you're you you know, you're over here fighting for America's freedom, and then you don't have your own freedoms when you're on the base. They right. um, locked us down, so to speak. So, And your guard details become different. You wear a helmet, you wear a flak jacket, and you sit in the tower as opposed to standing on the quarter deck having people sign a logbook. <laughs> so yeah. life becomes very, very different
0: at One, that point. I'm sure so. you're always have some kind of armor or uh weapon on you and
2: well i mean not not everybody okay. not everybody you have to be on duty to carry a weapon um okay. for sure definitely not not like the army or like the corps. you had to have you had to be at your guard station to have a, a weapon on you um
0: even during that a threat what's that even during the that the high threatened period
2: yeah, well, it's so whoever was on watch, so whoever was standing duty at the, as a sentry at the gates, those are the people that would carry the weapons. The okay. rest of us, no, none. Okay. Can you imagine if every sailor was armed? So no, we wouldn't all be armed. Oh, we lost Eric.
0: Yeah, he'll, he'll be Eric. back. God damn it. it's it's our, our <laughs> we're in we're in a vortex today. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll find our way through this. It's all so right. Good. So how long were you in Sicily? Oh.
2: So I arrived. I joined in September of 95. I arrived there um, at the beginning of June of 96. Mm -hmm. And then I left there um, October of 99. Oh, wow. And then I was stateside Mm -hmm. for just a little over a year. And then I returned back to Sicily. And I served from uh, towards the end of 2000 to that. No. Yeah. The end of 2000 until 2003.
0: So you stayed there almost three or four years each since?
2: Well, I got married. So when you get married, you're your duties get extended. Okay. So I got married, um, when I first, yeah, that was just a whole nother <laughs> we can, So we my can whole get... like, drunken disorderly conduct thing in Tijuana. Not only did it take my clearance, but it also took, um, you know, I don't know. I, it was kind of just a way of coping. I think I didn't recognize it at the time. I was still very young, but right. I ended up, they told me, you know, you, you either have to go to rehab or you have to get out. Oh, um, and I didn't think I had a problem. I was barely 21. <laughs>
0: You're like, every 21 year old um, does all this, right?
2: Yeah, I'm like, everybody's part, you know, everyone's drinking. I'm right. not, surely I'm not the only person, but not everybody's waking up and having their hands shaking and drinking before they go to work, you know, mm. and I just got to a place and I'm sure it had to do with my giving up my daughter for adoption, having that miscarriage, just kind of all of the things that went on. I'm sure it was just a culmination of not being able yeah, to handle help. it. and. Yeah. Did
1: you do therapy? Did you go through therapy for that? Did you address any of that?
2: No, with my no, I didn't address. That's the thing that, you know, the agency offered therapy when I gave Emily up. They offered that. Sorry to name her. Well, she's been given a new name now that she's been adopted. But um, so that they wanted me to do therapy, and I just wanted to forget that it happened. And I just remember saying you know, I don't need it. I'm fine. And just thinking that if I went to church on Sunday, that I would be okay. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't okay. And there, there were other things that happened prior to that, that were sad and, you know, things that I never talked about in high school. And I never told people and I let people kind of create narratives about me. And I never, I never fought those narratives, you know, I never yeah. stood up for myself. And, um, so, you know, going to the military for me was, I, I told somebody a while ago, it, it was more like running away, mm-hmm. um, but I knew I would be safe because they would take care of me and they wouldn't let anybody hurt me, or at least in my brain. Yeah. That's that was your what family. I,
1: that That's who was going to protect you and look over you and,
2: and right. deal with what you had yeah.
0: to do. And the fact that you stay, I mean, we, we talked to everybody and they, you know, they get stationed somewhere and they're there, what, like 10 months, you know, yeah. maybe a little longer and you stayed in Sicily three years, right? The yeah. first time. Yeah. And then you went back and stayed almost another three to four years. Yeah. So uh, you definitely—I mean—you show all the signs of wanting to get away.
2: Yeah. Well, I just—you know—I um, mean, Eric, Eric and I—we knew each other in high school. We didn't know each other. In high yeah. School.
1: We didn't I mean, like I said. Like, There's so many different little groups, yeah. and like we knew—I knew her, and they, we all hung, yeah. there was—we had the mutual friends and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it just—you know—we kind of hung different groups. Yeah. Right. Mhm.
2: Eric and I had Mr. Cop together with um, a my mutual teacher. friend, Heather Agenbroad. and I don't know if he remembers that, but it was history class, Mr. Cop with the yeah. mustache and the He's cowboy boots. But, but, everyone yeah. thought he
1: was hot. All the chicks, died. oh my gosh. Yeah, really loved Oh yeah.
2: Was that like was the, probably, I would say the closest I was to Eric was during that, and then when I was a rally commissioner, because I ended up being at all the games and anything that he was doing for sports, I was there. So I kind of saw him from like a distance, the but I knew him members. the best because of the history class, yeah. I would say. Yeah, and Heather loved Eric. Well, everybody loved Eric. Everybody <laughs> wanted to hug Eric. Eric was like, everyone's huggable teddy bear. He just wanted to hug it, Eric. He
0: still is. You're having a he
2: bad is. day. Find Eric. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he still is. He still I mean, when he ran youth football, he, we called him the mayor of Houston. Because so, he, yeah. he was everybody's friend. We literally no, I, had to I
1: walk. We, you know, you remember that, right? <laughs> we literally had to do exercise and walk the park to get away from people
0: we did and that yeah. still didn't work <laughs> yeah well and then there was me who you know i have a tattoo that even says it called it says mad mike because eric was the nice guy that was going to be your friend and i'm you know i loved all the kids like the kids never heard wrath. the parents though they would, the parents <laughs> they, would, jerks. they would get my wrath and eric would still be oh yeah, yeah like and i'm like <laughs> well, I'm it's- good cop bad cop here and
1: Again, it's one of those right. things. It's, it's, I don't, I'm not a, I wasn't a great president. I wasn't a good president. No, but. But I had a lot of people. He said no. He had a lot. I have a lot of people that knew how to do certain things really well, and that's the the mark <laughs> of someone that knows what they're doing. It's like dude, go do your thing. Like listen, like listen. You can go and, and do this, and you go do that, and we're good. And I don't care if you get along with this guy over here or that guy there. I don't care because the main po- focus is the, the, kids. is the kids. So, um,
0: yeah, so you so you I go feel off like we're and, on cribs right now though we're getting the yeah cribs. we're getting the walk we're
1: around yeah
2: through, <laughs> I'm sorry. the
0: walk that's, that's all good it's all good.
2: Other so that, or you're gonna hear one of my cats shriek to be let <laughs> out. So. Oh,
0: Kathy, cats are they, poor <laughs> Lou. We've already made her move once, yeah. and the now no, it's cats all good. You go get move.
1: comfortable. You're, you're fine. You're <laughs> yeah. fine. Go, um,
0: hey, we'll have you know. I'm sure there might be barking because our security likes to bark a lot around here. Yeah, so Yay. we'll be all right. All okay. Right. So you
1: get so you you are in Italy, then you decide to come back. What's the deal there? Do you come back and then what happens?
2: Well, because so when you get married it automatically extends your tour. And so being stationed in Sicily is considered sea duty, and so when I got married it automatically extended my tour, which by the way, I ended up going to rehab in Rota, Spain because they said either you go or you get out. And so The closest inpatient is in Rota, Spain at the Naval Air Station there. So that's three months of being locked down in a, literally in a lockdown facility. And I didn't think that I had a drinking problem because like we've already said, Mm -hmm. everybody my age is drinking. Everybody on the base is partying. And so (laughs) when I got there, they put me, they put you on the detox wing first. um, And I feel like it's almost like a wing to prove to you that you have a problem because by the first night it's everything that you hear it's sweating it's handshaking, shaking it's no. not being able to sleep your legs are cramping and you just feel i mean it's the probably one of the worst things i've experienced um no, and no. so oh
0: yeah. sorry when were you there was that in the 90s Ninety- the end of the 90s 97? 97
2: okay 97, 97 they shipped me out to Rota, spain
0: okay yeah.
2: and then when i got back my uh well he was he's my ex-husband now but he proposed to me at a bar on the base when I got back to Sicily, and they showered us with champagne. So oh, wait a
1: minute, <laughs> she came back from. In our pre-interview, I read over all that, and I'm like,
2: yeah. "Oh, that's cool." Yeah.
1: Wait a minute, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, you know what? Some people just do what they
0: know, right? I mean, that's basically. Well, what it, sounds was, like. it, was, yeah. it was in a. Bar that, in, that, yeah, that's where people don't necessarily. It just
1: came out of AA rehab <laughs> from the yeah. government,
0: the Navy rehab. Well, in his government mind. Too,
2: in his mind he should have still been able to drink even if i had to stay sober because when i was in there i learned you know drinking was a way for me to escape it was a way to forget and and i was more fun when i was drunk i had no fear and in in your brain that's what you tell yourself i'm more fun and i have no fear and um and so when when i came back and he proposed to me i said yes and and all of our drinking everybody was there you know and so it was like okay well I'll just stay sober and I, I can do this. I've got this. But as I wrote in my thing, I mean, I, you know, I signed up to teach fitness classes. I did whatever I could to get myself above water. Yeah. I stayed in counseling. I did journaling. I was just, it's, <clears throat> it's called distraction. Right. But when you're trying to stay sober and you don't want your friends to hate you, you do what you can that, to make your life make sense. And so that's what I did. And
0: Well, and you're Um, all so young, and nobody, I mean, even back then, I don't don't think any of us understood. No. Like, we drank and drank and drank, and, you know, and unfortunately. I
1: drive better when I'm drunk.
0: (laughs) It was not that the whole
1: mentality, that whole mentality, right? right? I mean, that's. Right.
0: We do not compone that.
1: No, that's stupid. (laughs) You're an idiot if you do, and you're dumb, and I'll call the cops on you. (laughs) But, yeah, I Well, I
2: remember thinking I'm more fun when I'm drunk, because I'm easier to laugh, I'm more brave, you know, like cliff jumped off a 30 foot cliff when I was drunk, like I wouldn't do that sober, (laughs) but I would do it a couple of bottles of wine down, you know, so, (laughs) but that's, I think that's,
0: I mean, that's almost every, I mean, there's some people that are just naturally, you know, they'll like sky's the world or, you know, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. And then there's others, I mean, that are a little more shy and unfortunately that does Mm -hmm. open you up. So, all right. So you guys get married. And Mm -hmm. then you're back home now. Was he on base? He was on base with you, right?
2: So, yeah, he was also in the military. He was an aviation mechanic. Um, So he worked in the um, aviation community. And I was in the, what we would call the black shoe community. Um, And so he, so my orders were done. So my orders ended um, September of 99. So I got there 96. They were over September of 99. Mm -hmm. And then my next four years were what we call, um, it's it's reserved, but it's inactive. So I signed up for a full eight. Mm-hmm. So I full, first four were full active and then the next four were inactive reserve with the option to be activated at any time, which okay. is the understanding that you, you have to have when you sign a contract like that. And so I, I so when he was done and says, I was done in, in September, but I was extended until he was done and he was done in October. And then we got transferred stateside to the Naval Air Station in Lemoore, California. Ooh, which is-
1: exciting. <laughs> that what if you were an area. alcoholic, going to L'Amour will
0: make, <laughs> yeah. will make you, you know. an alcoholic. <laughs> hey, Le- Lovey Le- Lamore was in the new Top Gun movie. Le- 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 it you, was. Lamour. Yeah, I when I heard it, I was like, oh, because yeah. I used to for AT and T, I had to deal with the Hanford and Tulare stores. So you know, I always had we had a lot of guys coming from guys and girls coming from L'Amour to the stores, right? So. Yeah, but exciting is- place.
2: There's nothing out there but fields. <laughs> And then more fields, and then all of a sudden, there's this base just in the middle of.
0: Well, it's built I'm... out now. Yeah, it's built oh, out like right? houses, pawn houses, casinos. But it's still, it's still such a trip. I know it's a naval air station, but it's still a trip that I in the middle that. of it's <laughs> the middle
1: of the fi- farm land. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. naval station. It's a naval, <laughs> naval's
0: water. But the fact that it was mentioned in Top Gun, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's crazy. It's
1: L'Amour. Well-
2: and the parts that they did it in Top Gun is because st- we saw that movie three times in the theater. And as soon as I saw certain scenes, I was like, Oh, my gosh, that's Lemore!" I mean, I just you recognize it right away. I was stationed there um, as inactive reserve. And then I activated my reserve. But my husband was my ex-husband was there for just about two years. And by the time I, you know, I mean, I barely cycled through there a year and I was I was already back out. But we had September 11th, We had all those things that took place.
0: Oh wow! Um, so he,
2: he remained there longer than I was there
0: at Lamore. Speaking of September 11th, yeah. Speaking of American veterans, I was going to be
1: at American veterans
0: first. There you York. go.
2: Yeah, that'll so, be amazing.
0: So we're when you went, you end up going back to Sicily. Now after
2: I did so when so <laughs> this will be another sad. I'll try to keep the sad segments brief, but um,
0: you do what? So you I went through do.
2: another miscarriage in Lemoore. And this time, it was, um, it was pretty bad. And so when I came out of the surgery, they said, you know, if this happens again, like, we'll have to take your tubes and and that'll be that, you know, because it, it almost took my life. And so there was just by that point, the marriage had completely combusted. And I knew that he was having an affair. And I just said, I, if I don't get out of here, you know, and again, it was that thought process of what I knew, I knew that the military would take care of me. And so I knew I had four years left on my contract. And so I went to the offices in Lemoore and I said, you know, I need, I need to be re-upped back to full active. And so I said, but I don't want to go back to postal. Is there anything else that I can do? And they said, Well, we can send you to um, aircrew school. And you can, you know, be a part of the air crew and be on a p3 platform and fly and i was like i'll do it just send me i'll do it and you know they're like well you have to be able to swim i'm like i'm a great swimmer how to pull my whole life um and so they sent me to the naval air station in Pensacola, florida so i drove there by myself from wow. lamar to florida <laughs> wow yeah that was probably not a good idea but i did it anyways <laughs> i just couldn't wait to get out i was like i don't just give me paper and let me sign and let me get out of here yeah. so i did it anyway i drove to florida i had my first Really bad panic attack right before I left. Um, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I ran out of my house and ran like down the sidewalk until it went away. Um, And then nothing else. And so I was like, well, that was weird. You know, and I just kind of ignored it and just gave away whatever else I had to my ex and took off.
0: What do you feel triggered it?
2: I'm sure stress.
3: Not
1: not dealing with all that things in their life yeah basically i mean no i mean to right yeah i mean that's you know you you build up and you you look at the bottom mm-hmm. of the bottle to solve your answers and but she didn't really right. have
0: that anymore i mean that wasn't well uh, in, in no her but, mind that wasn't a choice but, it's always I mean, there
1: yeah it's always there but then the you know going through abuse and and two miscarriages yeah we're at i had two time. miscarriages two. right
2: and then my ex-husband um <laughs> Around the time that I found out that he was having the affair, like Eric just said, he, that was probably the first time that he um, put hands on me in such a way where I was in fear for my life. Mm -hmm. There was an incident in Sicily where he stood on my neck um, and spit in my face, pulled my hair to the ground, stood on my neck, spit in my face. Mm -hmm. But we were all very drunk. And I just remembered thinking that. um,
0: Oh, he's drunk.
2: He's drunk. But this was a sober Incident that happened and he I was I had come home from work and I knew about the affair and I came in to talk with him and instead of having a conversation he was just kind of standing in the dark with a cigarette and Metallica playing in the background and I started to go towards him, and I just got this feeling like turn around like go to the bedroom don't you know don't don't approach him just leave him alone and so I turned around to go from the living room down the hall to our bedroom and I will never forget. I didn't hear his feet, but I felt the wind from his fist as it passed the back of my head. Mm. And I just heard him calling <clears> me <throat> effing whore. Um, and so I bolted for the bedroom and I tried to shut the door and his fist went through the door. And I jumped out of the bedroom window and I just ran for my life. And I knew that was it. That was it. Had to go. I couldn't stay after that
0: so damn so no wonder you wanted to go drive across the country because you couldn't get out fast enough
2: right and so i and i i didn't want to involve his command i didn't want because any anything you do in the military because i'm still i mean i'm not full active duty but i'm still a member i'm still a military member i still have four years on my contract so i knew if i drew any attention to this beyond what it already was going to be because I had to go to security and tell them like, I have, I need to call my friend. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have anything. um, So that I could have some place to go, you know, so there was already going to be an issue. So I ended up going to my work the next day and I grabbed some spare keys that I had there. And in my brain, I was just, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to get out of here? How am I going to put these pieces together just so much faster? You know, the right. first thing was obviously to visit, the offices in Lemoore and and re up to full active duty. But before I could get out of my office at the base, my ex showed up completely, completely obliterated. He could hardly walk and he picked up my stapler off my desk and he launched it at me full force. And I honestly credit God that it missed me. I really don't know how it did (laughs) Um, because where it hit into the wall was directly behind my head. So it's like it passed through my, it's just, so bizarre even to this day i can still see it the stapler was stuck into the wall
3: wow
2: and and it was lodged so hard that when they pulled it out it took a chunk of that wall with it Hmm. and so for me that so i had a friend named joni who used to come to my fitness classes that i taught so she let me stay at her place and i was out of there within two weeks i was out of there so that's so fast to be processed in and be out of there i mean they just they got me those orders so quick i drove to Pensacola, florida I got there and he uh, turned my car in for theft and said, I stole it. And so they came and took it. So now I'm just stuck in Florida um, and didn't know that I was pregnant. And so I, I did the air crew schooling and I was, you know, doing really well. And then I got a phone call saying um, it was him that he had filed for divorce and that he was having a baby with someone else. And I had these really bad pains. Like, I I don't know maybe like a couple of days, but I just kept ignoring them. But I dropped, I dropped my air crew classes and I just said, I just want to go back to Sicily. I'll stay a pollster clerk. Like I don't care. I just again Erica, Eric kind of hit it earlier. I never dealt with anything. Not really. I dealt with it just in little increments. And I didn't have enough of a skill set to deal with it. And so I just wanted to get I just kept running. Like I would deal with it a little bit and then I would run and then I would deal with it a little bit and then I would run. And so for me it was well, now I have to get out of Pensacola. Send me back to Sicily. I don't care. Um, I'll stay in postal. I'll do whatever. And they're like, well, actually, they need postal people over there, but we're going to send you to the school. You need to have the school under your belt. So they sent me to South Carolina, to Fort Jack's. Um, and I did the postal school in like record time because it's self-paced. And then I was back in Sicily and I was back. I was barely in Sicily for I want to say, gosh, maybe two weeks. And I found out I was pregnant again and I miscarried. And this time they took my tubes and they said, that's it. Like we can't, because it kept happening in my tubes. So, so that kind of, so that was it. And that was kind of, I hate to say, was kind of the beginning of the end for me. I pretty much unraveled. Um, I quit going to work, which you can't do when you're in the military, you have to show up. And I had panic after panic, after panic, I just, It was my first career i was celebrated i was pictured in the navy times as a celebrated sailor i had an amazing evaluation and and was just what you would call a shining star it's what they want their sailors to be and my second enlistment was what they they don't ever want to see in the military and so um they just ended up telling me you know at this point we can't uh there's really nothing we can do for you and they offered counseling but the counselor's recommendations were that I'd be immediately removed from the military. Um, and at that ah. point, I, I'm pretty sure I went through what I would consider probably a nervous breakdown and the I didn't sleep for days on end. And I just oh. started thinking about ways that I could end my life. Oh. And uh, I'll never forget being on the base and, and sitting in my room and thinking, I'm just going to sit in this window and I'm going to see how long it takes me before I get the courage to just jump out of it. Oh, my. And I you... sat in the window And I was reported um, and then right before they were shipping me away from Sicily to process me out in Virginia, I had been given a bunch of medications to try to stabilize the depression that I was obviously going through and the anxiety. And I just remember pouring all of them out on the bed and just thinking, I'm just going to take all of these and that'll be that. And um, I had a roommate at the time who was never home because she had a boyfriend (laughs) And she happened to come back to the barracks that night and she caught me and she stopped me. And so
0: Wow. That's what I was gonna ask. Did you have anybody? I mean, I know, you know, especially for that's why we really wanted to get we wanna get some some female veterans because, you know, the road's not always the same for every single veteran. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think and I think it gets traveled a little differently per person. But I think, you know, some of our female veterans have had little bit tougher roads depending on you know how they've been treated or you know like you just the steps you took going into the recruiters offices i mean that shows it all like they you had to go to to all four, and finally, you know, the Navy was the one that like, yeah, we'll take you. Yeah, where everybody yeah. else kind of just shunned you right away. Well,
1: and she watched. I, you know, we, over the course of the couple of pre-interviews that we had, we had talked about uh, Rachel Marchbanks, and mm-hmm. and she had watched that, and and another, you know, different road, but still, this, you know, it's the same trauma. Right. You know, yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you the story is a lot the <clears throat> same. A, yeah, a I mean, same. it's. And that's my thing is like, it's, uh, like you feel lost, you know, you you run off and you, and you go and you go to a place where you think that, um, they're going to be there for you. And, and now they're like basically saying, Hey, listen, like we're shipping you home and good luck.
0: Yeah. But did you have anybody to confide? Sorry. I apologize. Did you oh, have anybody fine. like, uh, you know, a friend, you said you had the roommate that came in luckily probably stopped you from, from making your decision, but did you have right. anybody
2: I mean, I, Je- Eric, so Je- my friend Jeannie from high school would know this, as would Holly Doty and Tara and some other people. I don't think Eric is aware of this. Some people, although maybe, I don't know, Brian Brian talked to some people in school, too. So, But in high school, um, my grandparents raised me because my mother was a drug addict okay. and a, a pretty bad one. She was in and out of prison. And so um, I when I left... You know, I left because I gave my daughter up. I left because right. I couldn't stand to be home. I mean, there were so many things. And so for me, I couldn't call home and say I'm a big failure. Right. You know, I didn't really talk to my family once I left. I, I really tried to just stay very removed. I think the only two times I talked to my grandmother on the phone, well, excuse me, three times would have been when our friend Justin was killed, when our friend Lacey went missing, and when I got married. And I, I was away from my family for a full eight years and I only spoke to them three times. Wow. You know, and, and I didn't There's get any no letters. Support. And so there There's was just support. so much yeah. there. So I didn't have anybody at home that I could call. And I, you know, and we all graduated high school, everybody's lives, you know you just move forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um and then on the base, I mean, my ex we had friends when I was married, but when I went back that second tour, nobody was there that I knew from, from when I was previously there, you know, so I had to carve out a whole new life for myself. And I'm a married sailor living in a single barracks with single sailors. And, um, you know, I'm in my second tour and, and we're still at, uh, we went from Charlie to Delta while I was there because now we're in desert shield. And so, you know, it just, it's so, it's hard to verbalize. You can't really say to anybody, I need help because you're there weakness. to serve the country yeah. you're not there to serve yourself and that's a really loud and clear message and so when you are of no use to your country they don't want anything else to do with you and that was kind of that so did i have friends i mean i had shipmates but you nobody you
0: can who, confide in and feel like they had at, your back. yeah yeah well, that's, not really so you were really out on you know not to have the pun and Navy pun, but you were really out on an Island, right. By yourself when you're dealing with this. Yeah. That's even harder.
2: And also because I didn't want them. I didn't think that they would process me out for being depressed. I just thought they would make me stay in counseling or, you know, um, I knew I'd probably be in trouble for drinking again, but I didn't think that that would be the end of my career. I just thought they'll understand I'm going through a divorce. I've had three miscarriages. I've nearly died twice. Like, they're going to understand, you know, they're not going to kick me out. It just never occurred to me that they would say, you know, yeah. that's it. And um, so when they did, they were kind of like, hey, we're going to send you to Virginia. We're going to process you out. And I got in my first enlistment. I had an honorable um, discharge because, it, like I said, it's a four year increment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My second enlistment, I got an other than honorable and they discharged oh. me with having um, depression and, and things like that. And so
3: Ouch. You know, you're,
2: you're thinking if you're medically separated, then they recognize there's a problem, right? And they're going to have these things in place for you as a veteran to help you when you get out. Um, and like my very long email said, there was nothing in place for me when I got out. There was no help. There was no, here's some numbers to call. Here's, you know, your nearest office to help you here there was nothing it was literally here's your dd 214 sign here and, fair so I, and I didn't problems. even know
0: there was another category other than you know honorable or dishonorable now how do, yeah, there's, how yeah. does that affect you when it comes to you know benefits. and actually benefits and and if you don't mind because i, I sure. do want to talk about everything after that because yeah. you know, you've already been through a ton but we do have to, you know, as they say, pay the bills around here. Sure. Uh, with this huge podcast we have, with all the technical difficulties and everything tonight. Uh, but we do have to run a commercial for our one sponsor, and then we'll okay. come back. And uh, I want to learn about after that. And you know, yeah, you're you're obviously doing much better right now. So uh, we want yeah. we want to get to the happiness and and okay. <laughs> get through it. So. If you yeah. don't mind just it's about 37 seconds <laughs> all right here you go Tamara. now for our sponsor tamra Polito with the finance group where they're creating a future where everyone has access to the loan and home they love whether you're a veteran law enforcement a first-time home buyer you're up or downsizing or even if you need to just refinance our community deserves proficiency and expertise better rates Faster close, welcome home. Tamara Polito, NMLS 165-5776. Again, that's Tamara Polito. And her phone number is 209-204-3795. There we go. Thanks, Tamara. Thank you, Tamara. Thanks, All right. Tamara. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Oh, no. So we've been sent to Virginia. What was so what was the discharge?
2: So they discharge me um with other than honorable okay which it's not it's not the same as so it's a general under honorable conditions okay um and so basically it means that i'm not getting a dishonorable discharge but because i have medical stuff it becomes uh an oth other than honorable so general under honorable conditions
0: that's crazy because what if guys you know that you know they go into like we were talking about the combat veteran thing right They go into combat and they lose you know their their marbles from that or something yeah is that you know at at that point are they is that the same way because i feel like is there is there an even keel when it comes to
2: i you know that's a good question i would say if they get in trouble like you know drinking when you were told four years prior that you're not allowed to drink again Um, I think then, yeah, they would probably get an OTH. So I think, but if they, if they just go crazy because of everything they've seen and all of their experiences and and they end up losing, you know, the ability to maintain, um, I would say they probably would still get an honorable. I think it's really probably just going to depend. I know that I got the general under honorable because I started drinking and I refused to go to work and I tried to hurt myself. And so Uh when you, when you do those things, those things don't add up to an honorable, but they, they add up to a general under honorable conditions due to a medical condition. So, uh, but so I didn't lose any of my benefits, I didn't lose. and That's probably something really important to know is even with everything that I was suffering through, they didn't take everything from me, but they took the only place that I thought would take care of me. And even at that point, I was thinking at least the military is a way to make money even though I couldn't go to work because I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't get out of my bed and I couldn't, you know, so, but I was terrified. I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I worked when we were kids. I don't know if Eric would remember, but um, I worked at Miller's Outpost. Uh, I used to stand in the front. I was the greeter, (laughs) you know? So I said hello to everybody. Um, But outside of that, I, what was it, you know, I just, what was I going to do? You know, I had no clue when I came home what I was going to do. And I had had my daughter. So I lost my um, scholarship to the Christian college I was supposed to go to right out of high school. Um, I lost that. So when I came home I and I was being divorced when I came home and my husband had had a baby with somebody else while we were married. And so I was just like, you know, now what? Like, what, what do I, what do I do? And now I have this weird condition where I'm, Freaking out, and my heart is racing, and I'm not sleeping. And, you know, how do you how do you quantify that? How do you even? I had no it's not like they said, oh, you're having panic. Right. You know, they just said you need to you need to get out. So, yeah.
0: it's like, it's now your problem, not ours. That's
2: I mean, crazy. I, You know, yeah. That's I mean the crazy. the um the exo of the base. I'll never forget. I had to stand in front of him and, you know, be. Dressed down as as it were, and he just said, you know, uh, you've got some real problems, shit, mate, and you need to sort them out. And I think that phrase is very telling. You need to sort them out.
0: Yeah. So like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I came to you to help me sort <laughs> yeah. <start> it out. <laughs> Why do you think I'm yeah. here? <clears throat> wow. So right, so let's fast forward a yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, let's, let's let's yeah let's get, get to, back to Virginia. So are you just dropped off in Virginia, or are you? How's well, yeah, they work?
2: they drop you off and, and you go right to these offices and they tell you you're going to do your processing out here. And then mm-hmm. from Virginia, I got flown back to California, back to okay. Modesto. Okay. And my grandma had moved over to like Walnut Blossom Way or something. And so I didn't know. So I didn't know where my family oh, was because oh. I hadn't talked to them for all those years. So that was really,
0: oh. um,
2: really hard. Yeah.
0: So you showed up to so, the wrong house?
2: I did. Oh, I showed wow. up to the wrong house. I did. My grandma was like, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. We didn't realize we didn't tell you. And I'm like, how long have you lived here? (laughs) Must have been a while because the house on El Vista looks pretty bad. So (laughs)
0: Um, crazy.
2: But yeah, so I I got there and I just decided again, I just I didn't have any way to cope. And so I said, I'm going to go to college and, and try to do what I was supposed to do when I graduated high school. So I went to, I enrolled and went to Bethany College for one year. Um, and that would have been in 2005 to, two, no, 2004 to 2005.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, I failed all of my classes. I was in a hospital every week with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of be the beginning of a cycle of trying something, losing employment, losing schooling, losing whatever it was I tried. I just... I couldn't do it, you know, right. and I've lived all over. I moved to to Santa Cruz. I moved to Reading. I moved to Michigan. Oh. I moved to San Jose. <laughs> I, I just, I lived everywhere. Just Sacramento. I went everywhere for three years. I had 30 jobs in 10 years um, wow. and I slept on couches and I had apartments and lost apartments and had cars and lost cars and, just was so determined that I was going to make it and never once really addressed what needed to be addressed. And by this point I had what's called full blown panic disorder and it developed with agoraphobia, where you can't leave, the, um, house. The, the house that you're in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so, so how, did, what, yeah, how, how do you get through that? Yeah. Because I, I actually, what's know that turning point? We have a, we have a family member that has that and they still like literally yeah. have not left the house Wow. and it's been like 12 years.
2: Wow. So I would <laughs> – I hope it's okay to share like faith stuff on you, here. Is
0: this, okay? this is your platform. Everything, everything's everything's about you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> because I, I would say for me, because by that point, I'm living in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I have no contact with my family. I was in a hospital in Ann Arbor for two weeks at a veteran's hospital there. And they put me on clonopin which is basically like the equivalent of a horse tranquilizer. Mm-hmm. And I could still function during the day and drive. And I took it at in the day and at night. And I could still that just tells you how bad the anxiety was that I yeah. could operate and act like a normal. You would have never known wow. that I was on a wow. You would have never known. It's and it's bad. I took a milligram twice a day. Wow. And Two I was able mils. to just be just fine. And you would never have known it. And so I remember just um and I got out of the hospital and that was the goraphobic episodes were the worst in Michigan where I would be wanting so bad to go to cosmetology school, but I could not make myself walk out the front door and I would just clutch the, the front door and just cry and just will myself to step out of it. And I couldn't do it. And I would just wow. call an ambulance and they'd have to come get me. And, you know, but then even just taking me out of the home was just a whole nother thing. And so it got to this point where I was a prisoner in this woman's little basement that I was staying in. Then I'll never forget a friend of mine had given me this book called the purpose driven life by Rick Warren. And I'd had it for the whole time I'd been in Michigan. So I'd been there for like nine months and I looked at it and I thought, I'll just read this because I had read everything else that I had. So I was like, I'll just read this book. And so I, it's supposed to be like you read one chapter a day and I read like the whole book in three days (laughs) and I felt like, the faith that I had been raised in had felt dead to me for so long because no matter how much I prayed, I still had this anxiety. No matter how much I begged God, I still couldn't sleep. No matter how much I cried and asked for forgiveness, my life wasn't getting any better. And to add insult to injury, I had people who said that they loved God, but they would tell me if you just had more faith, you know, God would heal you of this. And there's nothing worse than hearing that because you're, you're in your head, you're going, I have so much faith. And yeah. God is still not healing me, you know, Right. Um, and so I read this book, and I was like, at the end of the book, he just tells a, a story of his dad dying of cancer. And he says, you know, my dad's in a hospital, he's dying of cancer. And Rick Warren is arguing with his dad, and then arguing with God, like, God, how could you do this to my dad, and the dad is trying to get out of the bed, and he's trying out of the bed. And Rick says to his dad, Dad, stop getting up. Like, why do you keep trying to get up? And his dad says, I just have to win one more person for christ and if i can do that my life will have been worth it Mm. and i read that and i'm telling you i was like okay i don't know what it means to know god like that and to love him so much that that's my focus but it did something to me and it took the focus off of my suffering and it put the focus on what christ suffered for me and it shifted everything for me and i packed what little meager belongings I had by this point. I think I had like four books and like maybe ten items of clothing and it all fit <laughs> in one very small box. And I put it um in the back of this car that I had. And I I remember the next morning just being like, Well Jesus, it's me and you and I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it. And I drove out of Michigan on that bike. <laughs> I drove back to California by myself. I read that book over and over. And when I got back to California, I moved in with a friend of mine named Collette and uh, she took me in and she loved me. And she took me to a counselor that was very helpful um, and took me to a really good church. And I just, I had to pursue my wholeness from a whole different route. I started going to counseling on a more regular basis. I quit drinking coffee, which is a silly thing, but if you have anxiety, it's a huge deal. obviously never touched alcohol again. But I had to find ways and reasons to live that were not anything to do with anybody else, but everything to do with my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And okay. suicide came off the table. Because I felt like if I kill myself, then my life will have been for nothing. Right. And surely God doesn't want that for me. Surely he wants more for my life than for me to take it by climbing over a bridge at 2.30 in the morning,
3: right?
2: you know? So I I just got to that place where, okay, I'm gonna do this. Well, when you get to that place and when you make that decision, then the next thing is, how do you deal with panic and anxiety in a tangible way? Because now I'm addressing my heart issues, right? Mm -hmm. I'm addressing the heart issues. Mm -hmm. But how do you address years really of trauma and pain That I've never touched, that I've never really unearthed with the counselor, not really, you know, things I never told anybody, the assault that I endured in high school and the assault that I endured in the military, like I never told people I was assaulted, you know, these men held me down, I never talked about any of those things. And so here I am, I'm having to address trauma and nearly dying when I lost my babies and I have to address these traumas. And so the only way I felt I could do that was to go to the VA and tell them, I need help.
3: Yeah.
2: And these, this is what I have going on. And so that's what I did. I went to the VA first in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And I was in a program there for just about 40 days, I think. I wanna say just about 40. And then they found me a bed in a what's called a long-term program for veterans. And this was at Menlo Park. Um, and this is where the real work happens. Cause the first thing they do is they take you off those lovely benzos that keep you <laughs> from losing your mind. Cause they want to see where are you at? What's your right. baseline? Right. My baseline was, was climbing the walls. You know, I was very afraid I was going to die. And so I just, the moment that they started taking me off of that medication, I remember just, Oh God, you can't, you can't. And just, and then I would just immediately start having all this anxiety and they, just deep breaths and you know, they do all the the things that people have been telling me for years, but now Mm. I have someone literally right next to me, deep breaths. It's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And I have a room full of people that are dealing with the same things. Mm -hmm. It was Mm. just such a different level because now I'm not alone dealing with this trauma. I have my shipmates and my fellow military members with me dealing Mm. with the trauma. Yeah. And we we can't do it alone. And that's why like you guys doing this podcast and doing it's so important because as veterans, we can't do it alone. No. It we should never be left in a place where we're doing it alone. You know, and if and if people don't even have faith to fall back on, you know, but have their family, that's great. But I didn't have family, I had hardly any faith, you know, and so it was like I was alone truly in every sense of the word and I was bankrupt in my soul. And, and that is just, it's not survivable. But now I had the VA, I had this amazing program. It's, um, in Menlo park over in Palo Alto. It's, and it starts out with 28 days of detox, baby, just like the movie. (laughs) You really are on a ward. Wow. For 28 days and then they send you over they kind of evaluate you during the 28 days and they figure out what you need and i needed to go to the post-traumatic stress disorder clinic over there it's on the same campus okay um, so they send you right across to at, go to that
0: at the main va hospital
2: so it's it's a massive campus in menlo park like huge and so it's not so the PTSD clinics are not in an actual hospital they're in okay. their own building mm. okay so, everything so
0: they're, is yeah mess. they're so it's not in in the cluster that's in the middle because trusted oh. I had spent a lot yeah, of time Mikey in Palo Alto with, his pop. with oh, my dad okay, yeah. so uh yeah we we didn't do a lot of the outside buildings you know but we were okay. and and now it's even I mean by the time he was by the time it was, what, 2014, 2000, from the time we started, which was, like, 11 or 12. Right. And they had built, like, all sorts of new stuff by that time. So Yeah. And, and he So this was... would have
2: been, yeah, this would have been 2012 when okay. I went through this program. Oh,
0: wow. Well, right. the
2: very end of 2011, because okay. I got in, 28 days was Thanksgiving, oh, wow. around Thanksgiving when I went there, yeah.
0: So you went a while before you actually got, wow.
2: So from 2003 until the end of 2011, I was on my own. I was most of the time I was homeless, sleeping on people's couches. I slept in my own car. I slept in a garage in Reading when it was January and it was like negative 10 out. Um, well, if, yeah, I've never I'm slept sorry. on the sidewalk. If, so I'm it might not be better than
1: Reading. Oops, sorry,
2: sorry.
0: are yeah. No, go. No, go ahead. Yeah, Reading in summer
2: oh yeah running in summer is insane it's it's easier to do that than in the winter time when it's cold and snow touches down Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
0: man so 10 years ago I mean was when you kind of like the journey finally started uphill yes yes it did
2: so the PTSD program was the next thing and I only lasted 46 days there with an invitation to come back And then I went right over into the year long program for veterans. So it's the Veterans Rehabilitation Program, again on the Menlo Park campus. Um, And that program is a lifesaver because it, it does the very thing that I finally needed to learn. It's called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And it's where when someone has panic, they have a thought and then they have an action. And there's mm-hmm. nothing in between that stops that. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy teaches you that you have a thought, but then it makes you go, but what's the truth? And then what is the action? So it interrupts the process that panic has tra- you know, your brain has now rewired itself to respond to panic and usually it's flight with panic people it's yeah. not usually fight but oh, a little obvious yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah um you were all about flight right. you were capital f l
2: i g h t i should have grown wings at some yeah. point i was yeah. flying wow. yeah. right yeah.
1: i mean i don't want to fast forward on it cuz i, I this, this story is important um yeah. so you get done with minlo right so yeah. wh- how, so where do you work up how do you get up to reading
2: well did you go so, to Reading after that? No, after that. So I got out of out of Menlo Park, out of my year-long th- um, time there, because I was there for a year and like three months, I think, altogether. I was awarded 70% disability. And this would be the first time that the mm-hmm. VA would acknowledge after I was discharged, <clears throat> all this big space that there was really something wrong, that I really did have a major disorder when it came to panic, that it was interrupting my life. And so they gave me 70% service-connected disability and then they gave me a housing voucher and they said they said the only place you can use this right now is santa cruz that's the only open slot and so i moved to santa cruz which i mean i'm not going to be mad about that who doesn't want to live next to the ocean and going
1: back it's like you're retracing some of your steps to kind of cover what you learn yeah
2: it was it was pretty wild to head back there but um you know i headed back there that's where i and i that was, I got there in the beginning of 2013 and that is where, um, I was there for a couple of years. I left in 2015 to go to Reading, but I met my now husband, um, right when I was leaving, I met that's him the in that's 2015. That's the one.
1: Cause if yeah. you look at her now compared to like when they first met that, that's <laughs> like, that's a, like, he's a, he's a gorgeous man. He's a gorgeous man. Yeah. Like he he's Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I remember when we started this, that's, I reached out because I'm like, Hey, listen, like, I don't know his backstory, but I know yeah. there's something there, you Eric's know? So that's
0: Eric's got a man crush. Yeah.
1: Oh, that is a beautiful man. I mean, anybody can take damage. Good? By the way,
0: what's up square table? Sorry.
1: <laughs> STD. What's cracking?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. So we, we're, so you're we're leaving, leaving Santa Eric.
1: Cruz. You meet, uh, um, Jeff. yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to throw it out there, but yeah. Oh, it's okay.
0: Je- Je- I mean.
2: <laughs> <That's> yeah, <funny. laughs> so I left Santa Cruz. I met Jeff, and um, he helped me move. And everybody at his job was like, you know, oh, you're helping this girl move. You just got out of a divorce. You couldn't possibly. And he's like, oh, I hate women. Uh, and I been single from my first marriage for so long by this point that I was like, I'm never getting married again. I'm 40 yeah. years old. I have this little cat and I love to write. I'm going to go write a book in Reading and, you know, hopefully do something useful with my life and uh, go to a great church out there and, and I'll be okay. And by this point, the panic had, I don't want to say it was manageable because that would but it was certainly not what it was before.
3: Right. Um,
2: I certainly was not visiting a hospital every week because I'm, that's, that's very real for me. I was in a hospital every week for years It got to the point where the ambulance guys, when they would come to pick me up, they knew my name. They knew, like,
3: you know, where I was already.
2: Yeah. They knew everything. And they were like, again. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so sorry. And I would apologize. I would tell them, I'm so sorry. I mean, I had a fire department guy pick me up from the freeway in Fremont and drive me back because I freaked out and I couldn't drive and I had to pull Mm. over, you know. So they knew me really well up and down that, (laughs) traversing through all of that. So. Um, it just, you know, but anyway, so when I moved to Reading, I I still had anxiety, but I was trying to get back to the workforce again. I was trying to write, I had all these techniques now that I learned from the Veterans Rehabilitation Program. And so I left my voucher behind because it had to stay in Santa Cruz. And so that was like a real testament to how far I felt I had gotten by this point that I was like, you know what, I'm going to leave another veteran needs that voucher. I've lived on it for almost three years. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be able to do this. I think I'll be okay. Cause this was June of 2015. So we were two and a half years. I lived on that voucher. Wow. wow. So I moved to Reading and got connected with a great church there, continued my counseling. I went through, um, some, what we call deep inner healing counseling sessions that again, addressed the heart and this, and the soul. So I did that. Um, I went through like seven really intense, two hour long sessions with that. Um, I learned that I love to paint. <laughs> so I started painting and I learned that I'm very creative. I had, you know, just all these things about myself that I, I didn't know. And then all of a sudden, I I guess you could say that I felt like I was alive again. So mm-hmm. I had an interest in in my life and what I could do with it and, and how I could apply it. And I still had anxiety, but I was determined. To keep using the tools that, that they had given me and just try to make a better life for myself. And then I Jeff would come down and, and take me on dates. And I had never had a guy do that for me before.
0: That's a long <laughs> he, drive. People he drove understand.
2: from St. to yeah, Reading and uh, every drive. other weekend. Every other weekend he would drive and take me on a date. Like and hold the door and uh, Look at Chivalry that. is not Look dead, ladies. It is not dead.
1: I remind Shonda every day. I open doors. Always I
0: always open that. doors. I do her. all the laundry. I yeah. don't I don't do the I I'll start the laundry <laughs> and I'll switch it over, but I don't fold. No, today I even I did it did it all, put it all away.
1: Dude, I sat and watched I'm her clean the them. house today before I came over here.
0: I'm proud of you. <laughs> we're helpful (laughs) go shonda you wrong. helpful is
2: helpful yeah no so i mean just
1: yeah just over the last couple years watching and seeing how this this relationship's now started and 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 again like i said i I don't know what jeff's backstory is um but obviously Mm -hmm. he's got an interest in you right i mean every other weekend going from santa cruz to and
0: let's be real you couldn't hide what you were dealing with or what you're dealing with. That's got to be up in the can't. first couple uh, so, dates, right? I, mean, right?
2: I wanted to, yes. So literally the second time he drove to take me on a date, I had a major panic attack that oh. the ambulance did end up coming to get me. It was bad. It was really, it was just one of those, I could not get on top of it. I thought I was having a heart attack. The ambulance came and got me. So I called him from the ambulance and I said, this is real this is what it is and and if you don't show up at the hospital i understand i understand because this this is a lot and i can't tell you that i'm that this is not going to be the last time that this happens i just can't and so he was he showed up and he drove me back to my apartment the next morning and stayed there with me and i just i i remember waking up and looking over at him and being like this guy Dude. is
0: are you serious?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. still, she's the you one know? saying that yeah
2: I just because and 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 maybe you'll get this maybe other veterans have already told you this but when you're dealing with things like or like panic like anxiety things that society says are ugly and you should really hide and they're shameful and then you add a faith element into that of you know people shame you in your own faith I felt like I was unlovable At this point. And so to have somebody be there for me in such a free and compassionate way, and want nothing in return, I, I didn't know how to even connect that 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 was love that I was being shown love by someone who didn't even really know me that well at this point. But what he did know of me in our marathon conversation, when he helped me move, (laughs) was that he really liked my heart. And that was the first thing that Jeff said to me that I have never had anybody say to me, he said, I just think you have the most beautiful heart and I want to know that heart more.
3: Yeah. And I
2: looked at him and I said, I you have no idea what this heart has been through. And he said, I know and I want to hear more about it.
3: Yeah. So, so let's we, so let's
1: keep that positive going, right? So let's keep the yeah, positive right. going. Um and and so things happen and you guys decide, We got
2: married nine months later.
1: Yeah. Nine months.
2: Nine months. Yeah. It was so fast. I mean, I, you know, he told me, he's like, I knew the day I moved you that I wanted to marry you. He's like, but I'm not going to tell you that you would have thought I was nuts.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I had kind of the same thing with my wife. Like I knew yeah. the minute cause I had already been through something, you know, I, I had all the starting young stuff too. So it, it, you know, I'd been down that road, but when I met her, that's, I was like, all right, I think we may have been a little less than that or a little right around there. I gotta, I gotta yeah. do the math, yeah. but yeah, we were, we were pretty close. I had to yeah, wait for I'd... Sean to become legal. We're, we're 23. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were cruising <laughs> That's McHenry. Funny.
1: Yeah, I was 19. She was 16. Wells Fargo, parking lot. Wow. Not right there, nice. Sanford Silver.
0: Cruising McHenry. I got jumped at the Taco Bell. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my gosh. I broke her radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my laughs> we probably all cruised at the <laughs> yeah, same time. Oh, for time sure. I'm sure. I'm we're for all sure. The, we're all the same age. Boulevard, so. billiards. I went to Oakdale, though. Oh okay. My junior and senior year. Yeah. So,
1: so, yeah. Oh so you guys. So okay. So now this 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 thing's blossomed. You guys got married, and you've also be, you have another title too. Right? Don't you have another title? As uh, you, have, when you means- have little. You have little ones around the house now.
2: Oh yes, yes. So I married into three stepkids. That's awesome. But his oldest was already twenty and on her way to Australia so i only i met her and she was and then she was gone so that wasn't and so then the other two yeah i became a stepmama and they were 11 and 6 when we met and 12 and 7 when we got married That's awesome. well yeah they were already almost yeah so it was uh you know i'd only had my daughter for eight months before the yeah. adoption was final you know so i didn't have any experience on Kids. being a stepmom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or any, really any, I mean, other than an infant baby for eight months, I, I didn't know what I was doing and I, but I was just like, you know, here we go, you know, and, yeah. um, having children in, in a situation when you are someone who deals with anxiety is a whole, it's just a whole nother animal, you know, yeah. but I did my, I did my best. I tried to, uh, I wouldn't say hide it is, is a fair statement, but I, I tried to, just keep it – if I was having a bad day, I would tell him I'm having a rough day. And thank God the kids were in school. So if mm-hmm. I was having a rough day, I would have most of the day to manage that. And most of the time, by the time they were done with school, I would be, I would be better and nice. it would be okay. Um, but, you know, they eventually they did – they would see the anxiety and they would have to experience that with me, which I really – I hate that. I hate that that's – you know, but I, I wasn't having – Episodes where I was like running downstairs and running down streets. It was nothing like that. It was just it would just get to this point where I, I would just feel like I, I either need to call an ambulance or I need to just start counting or doing my breathing or just yeah. any of the things that they had taught me to try to keep it from cresting and into a place where I couldn't I couldn't uh, keep it under wraps, so right. to speak.
0: Well, I mean, I'll just say you're amazing right now yeah. I mean you just to be able to tell that whole story and that the journey that you've gone on and so eloquently and just calmly you know because it's it's yeah you can you can hear it in your voice and just even with the you know those last few moments of sharing like it, it's yeah. not all gone it's right. there. It's, to cope. it's just you've learned how to manage yeah. it you know I would <clears throat> I would think and hope you know with with you saying you found your cri- creativity. You like to, you know, yeah. paint. That I, I'm hoping those are great ways to cope and and get through moments when when needed. And yeah, uh, it's it's great to see you doing what you're doing and the positivity. And because you know, when you sent us that email, and I was I was like, oh, I, I'm gonna be on I was like, oh, yeah. this is gonna like, be like- hard. Like,
1: yeah. Well, Uh, she's got a base now. She's got support, you know, and that was the main thing she never had before. No, she didn't deal with it. Right. And so now, you know, you get into the VA, you get, you know, you get the programs, you get the, the, the exercises for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And now you, you know, you have your faith and you've built on that. And I, what I love, you know, what I love is on your Facebook, you have like no friends, like no friends in common. I absolutely love that. (laughs) I do because I mean, I don't want those people to judge, you know, don't judge me.
0: Right. Like, yeah. I am
1: who I am. Like, don't
0: right. judge me.
1: Right. Right. And she has, she has plenty of people that are, that are on her Facebook and she posts her, her daily oh devotions God. and stuff like that and shares her stuff and, and whatever that gives back to you, man, just keep it going, girl. Keep you know? it going. That, that's, I mean... You know, I have so much literature. I always tell people about, you know, the CalVet book here, uh, the Veterans Resource, Suicide Prevention in the Military. I mean, the PTSD yeah. doesn't mean you're crazy. And I'm just like, Dude, no. you're, you're the walking pamphlet, right? You are. Yeah. You are. And and being that, I mean, I knew you went up to Redding and now you're down in um, the Sacramento, Sacramento Valley. Valley. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's always that that need for people to share their story. You know? right. and, and again, that's that was one of the reasons, you know, I, I had reached out because I knew you'd went through some stuff. I didn't know all the stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, I'll, you know, there, there, there's a book here somewhere that somebody needs to hear, because I, yeah. I guarantee that there's somebody in the military right now that who's went through what you went through. Um, and it may be three or four people that have went through what you went through. Right. I mean,
2: right. story wise. Well, so, I'm 100. Per- <clears> I'm 100 percent now. So I was given 100%. Good. It'll be two years in September that they finally, because the unemployability aspect was just, it just was not. They have to acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, They had to acknowledge it, and I. So by the time they gave me the unemployability and gave me the 100% finally, which was like I said, two years ago in September, it'll be two years. um, I had had 42 jobs, and I've been hospitalized 170 times
0: but you you are a and and this is sometimes something we don't hear but you're actually a VA success story. Yeah. Right? yeah. We we hear yeah. all the negatives and you know unfortunately we went through some negatives with the VA with my dad uh oh. in, in Palo Alto unfortunately but Oh wow. It to hear the positive of what of your journey, you know, there and you know not only yeah. just the whole time is it's it's refreshing to hear, yeah. and you know, and and I know you know people like Rachel and Melvin who we've had on the show. Yeah. They work for the VA, and obviously, yeah. you know, our that's why I never I never bash because I think there's good people and there's good parts of it. I think we just, we there's just so came across
1: tape. There's so much red. tape, There is. Man, it's just that's... too hard. Like you oh, having,
0: yeah. you know, it, it's how many years of of dealing since 2003. You know that yeah. you should have been right away shown as hey, she's there's something going on she's unemployable like we need to take care of I didn't of
2: her. understand why when they discharged me they didn't discharge me with because on my discharge papers it says like you have this disorder this disorder this disorder yeah, I had a letter from that? A skipper. Yeah. and it's like with all of that why didn't they just say you're now discharged at this percentage based on because they obviously recognized it enough to discharge you from the military mm-hmm. but not enough to take care of me afterwards. And that was probably the hardest thing to swallow.
3: Yeah.
2: I wanted to share an analogy uh, that I I wanted to share earlier that I think is so huge. And I hope if there are any other veterans watching this, or if they do watch it, that a counselor told me that was life changing for me in terms of why counseling matters. And that is this counselor told me everybody in life gets a bucket, right? We all get a bucket, like what you would take to the beach for sand Mm -hmm. and life is the sand that just gets put in this bucket, right? Well, as we all know, buckets can only hold so much before the sand starts spilling over. And he said, but in life, typically your parents would be the ones to teach you how to cope. So you're gonna poke holes in the bottom of that bucket so the sand can drain another way and not overflow. And so what he told me is he said, people who deal with panic and anxiety and agoraphobia are people who were never taught the coping skills how to poke the holes in their bucket so the sand would drain. Mm-hmm. Instead, the sand is anxiety and it's the overflow of life that you're not able to cope with and you don't have an ability to handle what you're dealing with. So mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but for me having so that visual parents, we need to poke, poke holes
1: in our kids'
0: buckets. And
2: yes. <laughs> and we need
1: them to help. Some of them <laughs> drain. don't
0: want their whole their buckets. And they don't want holes. their damn
1: buckets yeah. poked Especially the wanna...
3: teenagers. Yes, oh no
0: my boy. Girls. Yeah teenagers uh, so no, yeah. a boy issue today so oh boy issue well it's it's my last one because like I said I have a 27 year old I have two grandkids okay. and and then I have, oh, a, I have a 22 21 and and then a 17 year old and yeah. it's just 17 year old go you know had a little football injury and then he's he's not quite addressing it the way you know, I would like him to, um, to, right. to make himself better. Yeah. Plus he's, so he's actually, it, it's funny. You say you went to the recruiter office and you get in all four. It's, it's an act of Congress to talk to any of them now because so we're, we're trying to get him in. I mean, just the air force has been completely hard to talk to, but the Navy recruiters all over him. Yeah, And you know, so,
2: you know, if I can just, and, and, and even with everything that I went through, Because I did, there's things I didn't talk about today, and and it it doesn't, we don't need to go back down that road. But everything that I went through, and let me tell you something, I still talked to my son who will be 18. So it sounds like he's pretty close to your boy's age. He'll be 18 in September. And I told him, I said either Navy or Marines. But if you don't go to the military, you have no idea it'll test you in ways you've never been tested but it will prove to you how strong you really are and it will give you benefits when you get out that mm-hmm. you're not going to get any other way See, like the home that yeah the that's... home I live in is from the VA this is my first home and I own it oh. thanks to the Department of Veterans Affairs there
0: you go and that's, which, awesome. You know what I mean? that's awesome to hear cuz I'm that's actually awesome. I'm a realtor <laughs> And <clears throat> I am part of a program called Homes for Heroes, so I actually get Yay. money back during transactions. That's awesome! And then yes, our lender Tamra is a VA yeah. specialist. Yeah. So.
2: Yes. No. Yeah. That's and that's. Yeah, we had we got five thousand dollars back on our closing. Yeah. Because will
0: travel too. He'll go to. I'm just. I'm sad no, but if you have any that. veterans in Modesto area, send them my way. <laughs> I'll send
1: his ass after. Yeah. I'll pay for the fuel. There you go. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, Hey again, I know I said it before. Thank you. I, yes. I, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I know it's not a you know, we didn't get the breakdown tier. You held it together real I know there was a sec- there was a there was a second there. There's a couple moments, but uh yeah, no, I mean all jokes aside, we still so appreciate it and this is, you know, you're the second woman that we've had on and and we just need more, you know, we need more stories. Um, right. We also need to bring the studio lights back in too because I know, apparently, apparently it's getting
0: like, dark now yeah.
1: so. <laughs> We have a season in California you don't, But you
0: actually, like, <laughs> looking at you across the room yeah. You're dark, but on yeah. camera you're not actually oh, I'm that not, dark Oh, I look but. like
1: I'm dark my, I was going
2: to say you look pretty good My, my,
0: my screen's lighting me up Yeah, so. yeah well, that's
1: what I see got, the Sorry, can... I got my iPhone over here <laughs> yeah.
0: Apparently I something up I don't yeah. know what the hell Somebody I did. messed up the computer Gosh there. dang
1: like, I didn't even touch nothing I was, <laughs> wasn't even playing on it It uh, <laughs> only got kicked off twice today
0: That's weird <laughs> Well, Olivia, no. you've been wonderful yeah. That was an amazing story uh, The way you told it was amazing yeah. um, That, wow that was great. If
1: there's anything we can do, let us know. Um, again, like I said before, we, we, we you know we wanted we do want to talk to Jeff and see, you know, get his side of the story. Yeah. Get his side of the story. <laughs> is it as good? No, <laughs> no but I mean, it's it's you know we're we're yeah. here for for all our veterans and, and law enforcement and, and first responders and stuff like that. And this is our platform. This is how we cope with what we went through with our dad. Yeah. So, yep, you know. No, I, I
2: love it, and I'm so glad that you guys are doing this and that you're making space for veterans and for female veterans to tell their stories. And, you know, the most veteran stories are not all pretty, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: I can say that um, I've come out of the other side and that I, I may still deal with anxiety, but it's not taking control of my life the way it once was. Right. And even though I do have hard seasons, um, I have mostly good seasons now. Good. And so it's just, you know, keeping on and keeping on, you know? And so, and I wanted to tell my story because I want other veterans to know that it's, it's possible to overcome and there are tools, there are resources, there are just different things that we can always learn. We can always learn how to better manage our stress and our lives and um, be the people that overcome. And so I, I had to make that decision though, that I wanted to live and that I wanted my life to count for something yeah um, well
1: and you've like done so yeah well like we said you know and you can share this and send it off to where you need to do it and tag quick. well and now
0: yeah. it's on the internet fyi yeah. so, it's I mean, there forever. Yeah, so i mean i
1: mean it's going to be on our youtube channel at contagion effect it's already yeah, there. yeah. we we As broke we 101 see. subscribers today Yay. so we're super Yay. excited about that
3: I'm glad. Yeah, if
0: we could learn how to do this show in like two minutes, we'd probably have way more <laughs> subscribers. But people, you know, yeah, stories are awesome. Man. Yeah, no, yeah. we we're not Olivia. Gonna, thank we're you. We're not going to give up what we, do what we like for first subscribers. So, yeah. Olivia, yeah. thank you so much. It was wonderful meeting you yeah. and um, getting you. to hear your story.
3: Hi, Eric. You Hi, Eric. have a wonderful thank
0: rest you. of your weekend. And uh, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Appreciate guys. your time. Have a good night bye bye man you did it again Dude, I,
1: I you know it it's it's like again i i mean i'm really going to get tired of hearing it every week man <laughs> every week it's a good story go. you know it's yeah. one of those it's 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 the whoa what you know and like she said she didn't even get to touch on what she, which was fine you know she she put out what she needed to put out to 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 set the story up you know and and the ups and downs ups and downs and then, and then the the freaking bottom falls out right oh I mean, well, just, and it fell
0: out for a while. Gosh, dang it. And dude. to survive through all that, I, that's, you know, it's, it's, I couldn't imagine not just uh, every day, not knowing what you're going to do. Dude, uh,
1: 172 visits to the hospital. That's crazy. I mean, it's just nuts, but I mean, look at her now, man. She's, I mean, remarried. Would have never thought, dude, I'll tell you. It, what, it's awesome.
0: That's what, when I read yeah. the email and then started talking to her, yeah, I, I couldn't I mean, put she, it together. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I it's a cool it deal, man.
1: Uh, again, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you, dude. I know we all got life going on and and stuff like that, and everybody. And uh, you know, it, it's you know I appreciate
0: you. Thank I you. Can't even see. Yeah. It's, done. I get, I gotta look at you on camera. <laughs> I gotta look at you on camera. I can see you brighter. I can. Smile. Always smiles. So
1: you can see my pearly whites <laughs>
0: There you go. There you go. Deuces. Eric deuces. <laughs>